Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Rewind. Welcome back to another week of the Fantasy Football Rewind. Recapping Week 11 in Fantasy Football. I am Scott Engel, the Managing Director of RotoExperts.com. I'm the king. I am fantasy. In a very important week for your playoff outlooks. As always, I am joined by my very good friend, the fantasy Taz. I guess he must own uh, Philip Lindsay in a lot of leagues because Philip Lindsay's nickname is the Tasmanian Devil, Jim Day. Jim, good evening. Hey. Good, uh, good to see you. Hey, Scott. Good to hear you. Uh, Another great uh, Sunday in the books so far. Some good games, some really crazy games, and uh, of course the idiot Giants won again. Yeah, um, yeah, not what you wanted to see. I know that the uh, that the Giants are uh, you, you want them to have one of those top picks. So uh, sorry they're disappointing you again. But uh, real quick, let's go over some football storylines and hit them real quick. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, I heard people say on the previous show, uh, we hope they haven't uh, used up all their momentum. I don't think it happens like that. Uh, when the Saints are playing as well as they have, they demolished the defending Super Bowl champions on Sunday. This is the sign of a team that's ready to make a deep playoff run. That's, that's not how football works. You have you save runs of momentum or, you know, I hope the all the momentum doesn't run out now. You know, that's that's not how it works. Works, you know, if a team is very good, a team is very good, especially with a team led by Drew Brees and Sean Payton who have this postseason experience. Right now, they are, they are truly looking like the best team in the NFL. It's really hard to say anything against them. Uh, offense is clicking, defense is playing well, and like you said, they just shut down the defending Super Bowl champions, and it wasn't wasn't even a game. They had them from start to finish, same as last week. Uh, they're just on a tear, and I'm with you. You know, I, when you're playing this well, it, it's just something that it, it just it doesn't just stop. It just is what it is, and actually, you usually build on the momentum when you're playing this well. Everybody feeds off it. The energy is there each and every week. And uh, this team is just playing so good football right now that they they are going to be hard to beat. Yeah, and you know, games in the playoffs are tougher. You're going to see more blowouts in the regular season. But this team will be prepared. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers winning again. Uh, a, a wonderful comeback victory against the Jacksonville Jaguars after Ben Roethlisberger had a first half reminiscent of that terrible game he had against Jacksonville last year. Uh, you heard people saying 
the Steelers should have lost that game. I don't buy into that whatsoever. Uh, they could have lost that game to say they should have lost that game. You don't give Jacksonville credit for a victory that they that they didn't pull out, that they melted, that they choked. You give the Steelers all the credit for pulling out that victory. And when you say they should have lost, you're not properly giving them credit for the victory. That was a terrific comeback that can galvanize this team going forward. Well, after, like you said, the first half was just totally terrible for them. Uh, ben just looked bad. Three interceptions. Couldn't get anything going. Uh, long into the, the second quarter, he had a quarterback rating of zero. Um, <laughs> 0.00 is how they stated it. Uh, it just was a terrible start for them. And I don't, you know, I don't care. I'm with you. It, you can't say that they deserve to lose this game when they won. Um, Sure, they got outplayed for a good part of it, but they did what they had to in the second half, especially in that fourth quarter, putting up two touchdowns. Admirably. Um, yeah, really. And, you know, they just, you know, again, it, it, good teams win games like this even when they get off to bad starts. Exactly. Uh as for the Tennessee Titans, we were talking on fantasy football today uh, with Mike Blewett. Does Marcus Mariota deserve, uh, you know, some <laughs> sort of big contract? And I said, with Marcus Mariota and this team, we can't look at a two-game uh, sample here of where they're playing well because the Titans have never been consistent. As soon as you start giving them credit and saying they're a playoff team, they pull off a stinker like they did today. Mariota left with an arm injury, but he was playing very badly before that against Indianapolis, you know, this Titans team is not looking like a playoff team. They're too inconsistent. Well, this was bad, and like you said, they were definitely getting stuffed early on, even with Mariota in there, but then he did come up with the arm injury, and, you know, I, I, I hate to fade him because of the injury, but that's been the issue with Mariota. He's, he just has a hard time staying healthy, and, you know, once again... He was playing bad before he got hurt. Right, well, so, hey, look, I, I'm not going to criticize him for that because we just talked about Big Ben doing the same thing. He got the full game and he came back. We we can't say that Mariota might not have had the same chance if he didn't get hurt. But the fact is he wasn't did get looking hurt, like it. Uh, you could have said the same about Ben is what I'm saying. You got to give him a full 60 minutes if you're going to say stuff like that. But he didn't get that full 60 minutes, and that's his problem. He just isn't consistently on the field when they need him. And that may be the thing that takes him out of being their franchise quarterback. They Look, can't I know rely you, I know on you're him to be on the field. I'm sorry. I thought you were finished. I, I, uh, I know you're Mariota's agent, but I have a lot, <laughs> a lot more confidence in Ben Roethlisberger pulling off a second comeback than Mariota uh, certainly is. You got to remember that, you know, that team fell way far behind further than Pittsburgh did too. I don't think Mariota, Mariota could have brought him back, or well, I at least only, I, I at least wouldn't have the confidence. I, I at least wouldn't have the confidence that you know I would have much more confidence in Roethlisberger bringing him down back then. Oh than no, I, I agree with that. I'm not going to argue that point. I'm just saying, you know, it's hard to say that he just couldn't have done it. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, he had, he might have had the shot if he stayed in the game and. Got them some kind of consistency, but I, I'm not I'm not arguing that fact. He wasn't there. He didn't get it done. And you're right. Tennessee is too inconsistent to be considered a playoff team. How's that? Yeah, that's good. And the Texans win in that division with their seventh straight win. The most wins after an 0-3 start in the Super Bowl era 
pulling out another victory over Washington, which lost Alex Smith to a gruesome injury. <sighs> and I know Corey, Corey Parks will probably think that uh, Colt McCoy is an improvement. Uh, but uh, only only Colt McCoy's mom and Corey Parson really back Colt McCoy. But uh, <laughs> the the Houston Texans they're they're getting it done. You know they're playing tremendous defense. Wow, yeah, this was this was a crazy game back and forth, and that injury was definitely crazy as well. It's uh, I just hate to see that done for the year, broken leg, had to have immediate surgery. Uh, never anything that you really want to see happen to a football player. Unfortunately, it just does. Um, and you know, it's not—it's not like Alex Smith was tearing anything up, but the team was winning with him. It's going to be hard for them to replicate that with Colt McCoy. Yeah, broken tibula and fibula with for Alex Smith. Uh, but you can't always assume that the backup is going to be terrible. I wouldn't think he's a pro bowler like Corey makes him out to be. But you can't assume that you could stream defenses every week against Washington. Uh, we have to wait and see how Colt McCoy plays. Uh, you know, he's kind of up and down in some auditions in the past, but everybody always assumes when we go to the backup quarterback that he's going to be god-awful. Well, um, okay. I, I I love when you throw words like that into my mouth, but I, I'm pretty I sure I didn't say you said that. that. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll You're throwing words that. into my mouth. I never said you said that. <laughs> okay, well, it kind of sounded the way you that way that you were saying that look i'm not saying he can't be competent i mean alex smith was that's all he was was competent he wasn't good in any way he wasn't definitely wasn't a fantasy quarterback i expect colt mccoy to to be able to reach that kind of level easily but i'm not sure he's going to be a guy that can be counted on each week for this team they're going to find they're going to need to find other ways but to me it's just the the injuries are just piling up way too much on this washington team and i i don't think they're going to be able to hold up under the weight of all the injuries they have yeah the way the way it's looking right now if the cowboys who've now won two straight row games keep playing like this they might find themselves in the playoffs and winning the division you know because they're, they're not far behind right now they're only game behind here and uh the other storyline is uh a lot of talk about the chargers with joey bosa coming back and this team being maybe the one that people haven't mentioned with the contenders, but Super Bowl contenders don't drop a game to a two and six team at home. Is you know, like the Denver Broncos. I know they're a divisional opponent, but that's got to put a dent in people saying that the Chargers are among the elite teams in the AFC. I think you got to count them a notch below Pittsburgh and say Kansas City after what happened today. Well, definitely a notch below Kansas City at this point. I, I agree with that. Uh, Pittsburgh, you know, I, I don't know. I think they can play pretty well with Pittsburgh. It's just one of those games. Denver came a little bit more prepared than I think anybody thought they'd be. Uh, you know, just came back and, and put up a, a good match against them. And Rivers threw a, a really bad interception late in the game that, that really hurt them a lot. And, you know, that that's going to happen from time to time. He still threw for 400 yards. In this one, their offense is still good. I, I still say, once again, all you got to do is get to the playoffs and get hot at the right time. And this team has enough playmakers uh, on both offense and defense that they could do that. I wouldn't call. I wouldn't say they're one of the favorites, though. I'd still put them behind Kansas City, Pittsburgh, and New England. That's not, I, I'm ooh, I'm not so sure. I, I put them right on the same level as New England right now with the way New England is playing. Uh, but yeah. definitely behind the others, no doubt. I, I'd say that. 
I think the difference between them and New England is New England has proven they can do it, and Phillip Rivers has never won a big game in the playoffs. And I think people want to poo-poo New England are fast to, like, jump on, jump into the, you know, push them into the grave just because they don't want to see it anymore. Well, okay, I can't talk for others. All I know is they're not playing very good football right now. Tom Brady is not playing very good football right now. Uh, and, you know, they are not looking like New England of old. Do they still have enough, you know, to be able to pull it out? Of course they do. Uh, you know, Brady has proven he could do it year after year. He could easily turn it around and have a great second half of the season. But they haven't been doing it of late. Yeah, well, the sec- the first part of what you said is why I still rate them ahead of, of the Chargers because you said Brady could turn around and do it. He's done it before whereas Rivers has never done it. Okay, not much I can say to that. That's absolutely the truth. I I still like the Chargers to have a shot at it. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I didn't say they they didn't have any shot. It's just uh, I I think it certainly damages their outlook to lose – you know, uh, This was a game they should have won. Absolutely. I agree. This is a game they should have won. I don't know if it's a game they should have won because – I don't. I don't think we can give them credit for something they didn't do. I think there's a game that they people expected them to win and they didn't. <laughs> okay, uh, fine. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> I hate when people say you know teams should have won a game, you know when they didn't do what they had to do to win the game. Uh, injuries. Uh, Kerry and Johnson had a well, really good first. Let me ask you a question based yeah. on that question. Yeah. Did you it, before this game was played? Did you expect the Chargers to be able to beat Denver today? No. No. Oh, so did I expect that? Oh, the other way around. Did I expect Chargers to beat them? Yeah. Yeah. But okay. Well, that's when the I'm game saying. played it played out itself, though, I can't say the Chargers should have won the game when they didn't do what I'm, they needed to win the game. I'm saying what I what I meant was before the game started, everybody expected the Chargers to win this game at home. I don't. I don't disagree with that. But that's all. And I'm I did. Saying. I did say that. <laughs> Okay. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, <laughs> Carrier Johnson had a great first half, uh, rushing for 88 yards, but then didn't do anything at the beginning of the second half. Uh, in the first half, he was looking great. Great vision, great balance, uh, you know, a lot of quickness and uh, you know, cutbacks in short space, breaking tackles for extra yardage, and he was really looking like a workhorse back here. Uh, you know, somebody that was really going to veer into – it looked like he was on the verge of, like, officially veering into RB1 territory. And in the, in the second half, he suffered uh, he suffered a knee injury. The NFL Network is reporting that the injury is a knee sprain. Luckily, it's a knee sprain and not, you know, torn ligaments of any kind. And, you know, hope, they'll find out more tomorrow. That's what the hope is, that it's just a knee sprain. Even if it is just a knee sprain, you no, know, depending on what grade of a sprain, he's probably still going to miss a couple of weeks. But you're right. He, he was looking good uh, against a solid, uh, another solid, uh, you know, run bl- t- defensive team in, in Carolina, uh, you know, actually having a, a really good game. And, and you're right. Uh, over the last couple of games, he's really starting to establish himself as as the line share guy in this offense. And, you know, I, I think we're definitely going to see a little less blunt going forward when he comes back, though. <laughs> yeah, we haven't seen much blunt line share. I don't know if he meant that intentionally or not as a blunt. <laughs> uh, 
And uh, if you're listening to us on a Monday morning, we'll find out later today. Uh, O.J. Howard uh, left after uh, 78 receiving yards, uh, left with an ankle injury, did not return to Tampa Bay's loss to the uh, to the Giants. Yeah, it didn't look good, too. He got rolled right over on that, that ankle. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we're looking at a high ankle sprain and him possibly missing, uh, you know, three, four weeks with that one. Hopefully it doesn't come out to be the case. Hopefully it's a mild sprain, but it didn't look good. Yeah, well, we got to be careful with that, though, because as we found out before, uh, you know, it's really hard to tell what, it, what happens with an injury just from the naked eye, Jim. I understand that. I'm not a doctor either. I'm just saying what it looked like to me. I watched the play, and it didn't look good. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, we've, we've seen interests this year where guys get carted off and then they would come oh back God, to the Oh, God, do game, I have to so watch every know. word I say to you? What? <laughs> Nothing. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it is. You know, this is, this, is, this, is a, this is a tough gig, okay? It's a tough gig, all right? But you roll with it every week, and I love you for it. All right, coming up next, uh, we'll talk about T.Y. Hilton, and we'll find out if Jim knows what T.Y. stands for. Uh, That's coming up next here on the Fantasy Football Rewind here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Back here on the Fantasy Football Rewind, Scott Engel and Jim Day. Let's get into recapping uh, top performers from week 11. And if you bought low on T.Y. Hilton this past week, it was a good time to do it. Uh, when he's coming off of three catches for 77 yards, he had his best game of the season. Uh, you know, we saw Hilton uh, was injured in week five and week six. And it looked like he was recovering from it and still wasn't himself in week seven, seven and eight. But started showing signs of breaking out last week. And this is a T.Y. Hilton that we've known in the past with Andrew Luck that we saw today with his best game of the season. Nine catches for 155 yards and two touchdowns. I actually uh, traded Russell Wilson for him on Friday to a team that needed a quarterback. And that's not easy to do. Uh, they had Brady on a bye and did like the way he was playing and uh, was able to acquire him to replace Cooper Cup. So it's nice. good time for, good good time to acquire Hilton if you already do it. I think the window is closed because I'm expecting a lot more big plays from him down the stretch. Uh, look, Andrew Luck is playing great football right now, and Hilton is going to be the biggest beneficiary of that. Uh, as we saw the, today, nine receptions on nine targets. you got to love that. Uh, with luck playing so well. Look, this is another team you absolutely can't count out. 
in in the AFC with Luck playing so well. This defense can you know play some good football when it when it steps up, and they stepped up today and just spanked Tennessee. So this is another team that's going to be involved in that decision making process on who goes to the Super Bowl, especially with Luck playing the way he is. Yeah, Bob Hilton looking like a must start again. Saquon Barkley. Uh, helping the Giants get to the second straight win, much to the chagrin of one Jim Day, another big day. Uh, 142 rushing yards and two touchdowns, and uh, also a receiving touchdown as the Giants uh, beating Tampa Bay. Ezekiel Elliott, if you acquired him, say, what was it, week 10, just before week 10, you did a nice job because Elliott has really looked like the super elite fantasy running back the last two weeks. 122 rushing yards uh, and a touchdown today, and also seven catches for 79 yards. In his last two games, Jim, he has 13 catches for 115 yards. This is the most versatile Ezekiel Elliott that we've ever seen, one that they were, we were sort of being promised by Elliott himself in the preseason. No, it is finally good to see them uh, using him in the passing game. It was so stupid not to be doing that before. Now, look, it just really leads back to this coaching staff and just making a lot of terrible mistakes, in my opinion, when it comes to coaching. But it is great to see them finally getting him involved. You know, he's the best playmaker they got on the offense. When you just put him into one bubble where you're saying, okay, well, he's our running back. That's what he does. We're not going to use him in the passing game. Uh, that's just stupid, in my opinion. That's what happened with David Johnson early on with Mike McCoy, and that's what ha was happening with Ezekiel Elliott. But now they they finally let him out. They're letting the guy get on the field and, and make the plays that they need him to make, and he's just he's turning it up right at the right time for them and right at the right time for fantasy owners as well. Traquan Smith with a career game, 10 catches for 157 yards and a touchdown. Right now, he's only owned in 13.3 of ESPN leagues. Got to imagine he's going to be like one of the top pickups in fantasy, along with a guy uh, you may have never heard of that we're going to talk about in a little while. But uh, we did see an 111-yard game from him in week five, but not, not with that nearly as many receptions. Uh, he's got Atlanta coming up next and uh, Tampa Bay in week 14. Yes. Uh, is this the official signal of Traquan Smith arriving, Jim, or is it going to be two catches for 17 yards next week? It, it's always possible in the Drew Brees offense because he does like to spread the ball around and he'll go where he's going. But they got hot today and he went to him. The thing I loved is that, you know, Traquan Smith has always been the guy that, you know, you would think of as the outside go going deep. And that's what they're looking for. They were using him all over the field today. Uh, short passes over the middle. You know, things like that. And it, that's great to see because they really do need somebody to step up into that role. And if they keep using him there, then he's going to be a, a solid play for the rest of the season. Problem is, it, it is going to be hard to know what which way you're going to go each and every week with Breeze. He just he finds somebody he likes and he seems to stick to him that guy that week. And, you know, when you have Michael Thomas there and you have Alvin Kamara, it's going to be hard some weeks for Traquan to, to see 13 targets. The one thing is, is that, you know, this pushes him more from wide receiver five to wide receiver four territory in fantasy. But uh, he's still got to earn more consistency to get that every week sort of start. And as we've seen with rookies, Jim, they can be very, very volatile. Uh, look at Marcus Valdez-Scantling and the quiet game yes. that he had in week 11 as well. So, uh, look, you can't just look back at one week and assume that the next week you have to start Traquan Smith, 
you know, there, there could be some disappointment. There's risks with these inexperienced receivers. And there will be people that are jumping all over Traquan and have to, you know, get them right in their lineups next week. And look, I'm not saying it's a bad, bad play going up against Atlanta. You, you love to have anything going up against that defense right now. That's not playing well. Uh, so it, it, it may very well work out. It's just right at this point, it's hard to have a very high confidence level. Right, but you certainly like it. It certainly points the arrow in the right direction. And it also did that for D.J. Moore. It's kind of the same thing. D.J. Moore had his career game today, seven catches for 157 yards. But in the previous two games, he had five catches for 36 yards. Again, like you said, it's very hard to get consistency out of rookie wide receivers. It just doesn't happen too often in this league. And uh, again, you're talking about another quarterback who's, who spreads the ball around. And today was just DJ Moore's opportunity. It just all worked in his favor. Uh, seven catches on eight targets. You love to see that for a rookie, but it it's going to be inconsistent on all the way moving forward. I heard, you know, some people talking on Twitter today. Oh, it looks like DJ Moore is going to be the new number one wide receiver in Carolina, and I don't know if I buy into that just yet. I, I'm not sure they really truly have a number one wide receiver in Carolina. I just think every week it's going to be somebody a little different. All right, Drew Brees with another fantastic day. Uh, today with 363 passing yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, a very encouraging performance by Mike Evans today, six catches for 120 yards and a touchdown, 30 fantasy points, uh, just beat out week eight as his best day of the season. But coming in the last two games for him, four catches for 57 yards combined. Uh, yeah, he's always been very inconsistent in this offense. And no matter how good a wide receiver he is, he's hard to count on each week. But uh, I kind of thought he this would be the week he would get on the right track going against this giant secondary. And sure enough, he comes up with a big game and, you know, puts a lot of points on the board for you fantasy teams. And, you know, hopefully people weren't benching him after the last two weeks. And, he, you know, the sto other storyline in this game was Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. <laughs> Only one touchdown in his last two games. Last week, we didn't see any touchdowns from him. This week, three interceptions. And he did have a rushing touchdown, but he got benched for Jameis Winston. And this was the danger that we had talked about very often with Ryan Fitzpatrick and why I was always scared to depend on him as a fantasy owner. We've seen incredible highs and incredible lows. There is an incredible ceiling. And there is a basement where you could just fall through the floor and injure yourself. Because Ryan Fitzpatrick, there, there, there's no there, there's no predictability almost sometimes to it. We thought this would be a great matchup, and he played terribly. This is he's got he's got an incredible ceiling and an awful floor, and he can kill you at any time. Well, you could say the same for his. The guy who came in for him, and that's Seamus Winston, came in today, played well against the Giants, almost got them back uh, into a win with this, his comeback. You know, drove, uh, started four drives that ended in touchdowns. You know, he played well, but, you know, we could see the same thing happen with him in any given week. It's just this offense, it just they move that way. They're going to put up a lot of points some weeks and a lot of weeks they're going to put up a lot of interceptions. Uh, I don't think you could trust either one of these guys going forward. Yeah, they put up 35 points today, but uh, 
You know, not with the quarterback that that, uh, some people wanted him to. Phillip Lindsay, 11 carries for 79 yards and two touchdowns, four catches for 27 yards. Phillip Lindsay with uh, 26, just over 26 and a half fantasy points. It was actually his best day of the season. Uh, You know, this guy has become a must start as a fantasy RB2. Uh, they drafted Royce Freeman. Royce Freeman did get a touchdown, but Philip Lindsay, clearly the lead back, a beautiful touchdown run today. Uh, undrafted free agent, your namesake, uh, the Tasmanian Devil. Uh, Philip Lindsay just continues to impress, and uh, I think you got to ride him right down the stretch and into the fantasy playoffs. Look, the the thing I love about it is that th- this offensive line was opening up some huge holes for him against the a pretty decent uh, Chargers defense. They, every time he touched the ball, he had a nice lane to run through and really wasn't getting hit until he got to the second level, most most of those runs. Um, you know, it wasn't, uh, you know, a ton of yardage, but again, only 11 carries. I wish they'd give him more. Uh, you know, he'd be I, – I it's so hard for a running back to get into a real good groove when they're only getting 11, 12 touches a game. It's just – I don't understand why teams continue to do this when you have somebody of his caliber, when the team is blocking as well as they were today, why not feed him the ball a little bit more? They may, you know, I just, I just don't think it's a smart move, but they won. So what do I know? Well, you know, not, you know, Philip Lindsay is a smaller running back. They don't want to overwork him, but not every running back needs to get into a rhythm you know, with a lot, with 15 to 20 carries, you know, Philip Lindsay, and it makes the most of every touch. He's been in double figures every game this season. No, I, I agree, but uh, I don't know. I, I just long for. I know you. Season. I know you want to see more and be a little bit yeah. more greedy, <laughs> but I think we should take what we can get when we can get it. Uh, Kenny Galladay seized the opportunity today. Eight catches for 113 yards and a, and a, and a beautiful touchdown catch oh, that was uh, a in Detroit's catch. victory over 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 Carolina, and. It's just, you know, look, some guys don't step up and take advantage of opportunity, but Kennedy Galladay certainly did. They didn't really have a choice. They had to get him involved in this one. Uh, a game that I didn't see coming. I didn't think Detroit was going to win this game. I thought Carolina would roll him over. And uh, Once again, just goes to show. You just never know what it looks like on paper doesn't play out on the field. Uh, 14 targets for him today with no other real wide receivers around him. They had to get him involved, and he definitely stepped up. That touchdown pass was a thing of beauty. Uh, what a great catch by Galladay. And it, he's he's going to turn into one of the better wide receivers in this league uh, in another year or so. And he's going to be a guy that we're talking about as a wide receiver one, I think, very soon. Cam Newton, 357 passing yards, three touchdowns, one interception, but only two rushes on 10 yards. Uh, they, were, they were playing from behind at times. Uh, we didn't see the rushing yardage, but it was good to see the uh, – you know the amount of passing numbers that he put up uh, without being without being much of a runner today at all. We well, had no running at all. I mean, only two yards, so he had nothing there. Uh, he wasn't doing it at at any point. He was throwing the ball. Thirty-seven attempts, twenty-five completions. Nice numbers there. And like I said, three hundred fifty-seven yards. Uh, man, that, that that's like that's a nice gunshot right there. That's what you want to see from your fantasy quarterback. Three touchdowns. Good, good numbers all the way around for Cam Newton, even though it wasn't a loss. Keenan Allen today, uh, nine catches for 89 yards and a touchdown. 
after a streak of seven consecutive weeks without a touchdown, he's now scored two straight, Jim. Hey, he's heating up. It's uh, just about the right time for him. He seems to do that a lot. Starts out slow, gets gets hot second half of the season, and he's really starting to heat up now. 12 targets again today. Uh, man, it's just tough to stop when they get him going, and he, he's showing that he's still an elite wide receiver after everybody had doubts on him in the first half of the season. Yeah, if he was playing like a wide receiver three for a little bit, uh, for a little bit of a stretch there. Andrew Luck, we talked about 297 passing yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Look at Julio Jones. He's on a streak, uh, the yes. receiving yardage <laughs> leader in the NFL. Six catches for 118 yards and scored for the third consecutive week. And this was not on a flat pass. This was on one downfield uh, where actually like uh, Matt Ryan, which he rarely does, trusted his receiver to go up and get it. And he didn't get tackled at the one-yard line. Things are pointing up for Julio at this point. Look, he matches up last season's touchdown totals already in the last three games. Um, you know, and we can finally put all that crap talk to bed. The guy is still the, you know, one of the top five elite receivers in this league easily. Uh, a lot of people say he's the best. Uh, it's so hard to argue best, not best, but definitely top five easy. Uh, he's just a great receiver all the way around, and I'm glad to see he's finally getting in the end zone so people can stop talking about that mess. Yeah, well, he didn't score for seven consecutive games, so you figure by that sort of logic he's going to score in the next four and even things out. <laughs> well, uh, hey, Julio Jones owners would love to see that. They'd definitely take that uh, along with his yardage and receptions each week. Each week they'd love to see those touchdowns keep coming. All right, Antonio Brown gets in the end zone yet again. Nine, five catches for 117 yards. Uh, Antonio Brown has scored in every one but one game this year, but he's the one guy you say, oh, he's not touchdown dependent. Yeah, no. <laughs> Although, you know, five catches on 13 targets, just not, you, you know, usual numbers for Ben and, and uh, Brown together, but Ben, like we talked about earlier, and started this game was just not on his game. It took him a little while to get going, but when he once he did, he got this team moving and he got Brown in the end zone. And you know, fantasy owners will take that every time. Yeah, and uh, you saw people complaining at halftime on Twitter. Uh, you, you always got to remember, football games four quarters. Oh, I hate that. I, I hate when you know. I, you give people advice and then, you know, somebody doesn't do something for the first half and they're coming back. Oh, what a terrible decision you made. And, you know, hey, look, you want to yell at me for a bad decision? Do it after the game. If that works out that way, that's fine. I'll live up to it. At halftime, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, Let I don't even want to hear it at out. the end of the third quarter. <laughs> yeah, really. Let the game yeah. finish before you come to me and start complaining about the calls. It's one of my pet peeves. I can't stand it. Mark Ingram with 102 rushing yards and two touchdowns. That's two consecutive 100-yard games for Ingram, and he's only done it on 28 carries. Uh, not nearly as dependable as Alvin Kamara, but uh, he's looking like a good mid-range RB2 right now with the way the team is playing, and like last year, both running backs being viable. Now, you know what? I'm taking away that that running back two. I'm saying running back one. He looked good today. He ran strong. He bullied guys, put his shoulders down, and ran through people. Now, Ingram is back, and he's going to be an RB1 along with Kamara going forward. This offense is too explosive. Both of these guys are going to put up solid numbers. Yeah, I disagree. There's uh, 
you know, I like how Ingram's playing. I don't disagree with you on that, but I definitely have 12 guys that I would rather have than Ingram right now. Yeah, I think that but he's, in the next got, few weeks, you're going to change that thought process. No. You know what? Yep. We're going to go over that when we come back, and I'm going to give you 12 guys that uh, I'd rather have than Mark Ingram, and we'll see if you agree or not. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. Okay. We'll talk some more Mark Ingram coming back next on Fantasy Football Rewind. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back here on the Fantasy Football Rewind, Scott Engel and Jim Day. Want to be the next fantasy, daily fantasy millionaire? Try DailyRoto.com for free this Thanksgiving. That's right, free advice from fantasy millionaires, free daily fantasy projections, and free access to everything you need to dominate NFL DFS this Thanksgiving. Don't be a turkey. Head over to DailyRoto.com and use the promo code TG18. To access your free five-day trial, that's DailyRoto.com, promo code TG18. Okay, real quick, we, we talked about a little bit during the break. Uh, there's nine running backs that Jim Day would def- definitely rather have than Mark Ingram the rest of the way. Gurley, Barkley, Hunt, Melvin Gordon, James Conner, Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, David Johnson. Uh, those were the eight that we put, right? And Christian McCaffrey. And that's nine, so that puts him at ten. Uh, you said you'd rather have Ingram over Mixon, which I disagree with because Mixon uh, is more versatile and will probably get a heavier workload. Uh, you know, more versatile, I don't know. I mean, he, he's not seeing a lot of passes to you know say that he's more versatile. If he was catching five, six passes a game, I might agree with you, but he's not. He's catching two, three uh, if he's lucky. And, again, it's just I don't trust that offense as much. Ingram is going to get more chances to score the rest of the season than Mixon is. All right. Well, I feel like Mixon's the only guy for Cincinnati, whereas Kamara might all be the main goal line back for New Orleans. Leonard Fournette, you said you'd rather have them Fournette. For me, that's hard to see because I, I know you're evaluating on which offense is better, but Fournette just gets such a huge workload when he's healthy. Uh, okay, but that's part of the problem is when he's healthy. Uh, he hasn't shown a propensity to stay healthy for any length of time in in the NFL at this point. So uh, hard to evaluate that. Sure, he, he gets a lot of workload, but, you know, it's not like he's running lights out either. I mean, we're, we're talking about today 95 yards on 28 carries. Uh, so, you know, not even four yards a, a carry. He, he's getting a lot of the work y- workload, but he's not as efficient. Ingram is running better, and in that offense, he's just going to get more opportunities, I think, down the stretch than uh, Fournette will. And again, I don't trust the injuries. Yeah, I agree with you on the injuries, but if Fournette is healthy, I think I easily have to take him. I just can't trust Ingram's workload. I feel like 
Like he could get to nearly zapped out by Kamara in any given week. Carrion uh, K- Johnson, you said even if Carrion was healthy, uh, you'd, you'd rather have Ingram. I, we disagreed on that one. Uh, then there's also James White. Uh, look, Sony Michelle will be back, but White was putting up huge PPR numbers every week, even when Michelle was in there. Uh, I'd rather have White than Ingram. What about you? Yeah, that, that, that's a tough one for me. Yeah, I, I absolutely see it. I mean, White's had some huge games this year, and, and I love to watch James White play in that offense. They they find nice ways to get him involved a lot of the time. Uh, it, that would be tough, especially in PPR, you know, catching the ball as well as White does. It, we don't really see that from Ingram. Yeah, I'd probably go that way, too. So that might be another one. But we're still under the 12. All right, we're pushing Ingram to 12 right now. We're pushing him to 12. Uh, that would put him at 12. All right, here's one for you. Uh, even though the offense, like, is not as good as New Orleans, this kid has a ton of upside and is a real centerpiece of his offense. What about Nick Chubb versus Mark Ingram? Ooh, Nick Chubb. Ah, damn, he's running so well lately, too. That's a good – that's a tough one. I hadn't thought him out yet. Uh, you know, I, I, yeah, he's he's running real well. That's a tough one. I have to admit, that's a tough one. I, I'd, I'd put them really close right now. But who would you pick? You got to pick one. Who would you pick? If I look based on experience and based on longevity, I'm, I'm going to pick Ingram. You know, he's shown for a year and a half now that, you know, not a year and a half because he didn't start this year. But the the fact is, they did it all last year with the two running backs. You know, most of the games since he's been back, they've done it again. Last two, they've you know really gotten him involved once again. He's running well. I don't think they stopped that anytime soon. I still like Ingram more. Trust him a little more. All right, so he's back in RB one for you. For me, I have let's see one two three. I'd probably put Philip Lindsay over him too. Would you put Philip Lindsay over him? No. I, I like Philip Lindsay. Again, another good game from him. Uh, a good all-around player, but they're still getting, uh, you know, uh, what's his name involved in this one? As we saw today, he came in and still get, stole another touchdown from Lindsay. Uh, you know, I, look, I like Lindsay. I definitely like what I'm seeing from him. But I, I would, I would go Ingram over Lindsay. Yeah, well, I guess we'll disagree. You know, it's uh, looks like you have been number 12, and I have been approximately number 18. I don't dislike him, but uh, to be a part-time running back over some of these other guys who are really, really solid top end with heavier workloads, but let's move on from that. Uh, okay, uh, every week on Fantasy Sports Today, you get the pleasure of tuning in and uh, and finding out that that Jim Day says, how do these Daily Roto guys do it? <laughs> every week they come up with one guy that I can't wrap my head around why they like him. And every week that guy delivers. And today was Jordan Reed with his best game of the season with seven catches for 71 yards and a touchdown. Now, you know, I, I can get to Jordan Reed. You know, I, I mean, I just can. There's not many other options in that Washington offense right now with all the injuries and, you know, based on the year he's having, I, I don't think they didn't even, you know, expect him to go as, as well as he did today. But, uh, man, that <laughs> seven for 71. Coming in, he hadn't, done, he hadn't done much yeah. against Atlanta and Tampa Bay the last two weeks. And that's yeah, right. Two two great chances for him. Uh, yeah, 
again, they, they do stump me. For me, uh, you know, I think they, they really like Traquan Smith as well. They nailed that one too. So, uh, again, they, they show me that I should just listen to them and stop disagreeing. <laughs> yeah. Wonder where they rank Mark Ingram for the rest of the season. Uh, Philip Rivers, uh, 401 passing yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. The guy that nobody wants to draft, it seems, every year. That's another good game. Uh, here's something that people legitimately complain about on Twitter. Like, who the heck is Gus Edwards? <laughs> and why is he, he vulturing uh, yardage and carries from Alex Collins? It, when Alex Collins scored that early touchdown today, I said, look, if Alex Collins does anything well, this guy is a great runner in the goal line area. He's got seven touchdown runs. He's very determined. He runs like his hair is on fire. But then all of a sudden, he didn't even fumble, and they went away from him. And here comes undrafted rookie Gus Edwards, uh, 17 carries for 115 yards, and one touchdown and a two-point conversion. This guy is not known in, his, in, in 0.0% of yes. ESPN leagues, and now he's going to be a pickup. How are you reading this Baltimore running feedback back room now? Uh, man, I have no idea. Like I said, you know, usually with Collins, it's a fumble. It, it turns it around, and he gets taken out of the playing time, and uh, he didn't do that today. It, it's going to be interesting to see, but, you know, Edwards is going to be a huge pickup this week in fantasy waiver wires. There's no doubt about it. You have to. Uh, if he's the guy that ends up being the number one in Baltimore, you got to love that. Uh, ran well today. Look, this this kid out of Rutgers, I, I liked watching him when he was at Rutgers, too. He, he's got some nice moves to him and, you know, came out of nowhere. Nobody really expected it. You know, week six, he yeah, he had you know 42 yards in week six, and that's about it. And all of a sudden this week he comes out, they just let him keep going. 115 yards and a touchdown on only 17 carries. Been very nice game from him. And I, you know, look, I'm not going to be surprised at all if he ends up being the number one in Baltimore. Collins, you know, as much as we like the way he runs, he still makes a lot of mistakes, and they, you know, they just don't feel like, at least to me, it seems like they don't feel like they can trust him. Andy Dalton having a pretty good game, a uh, decent game without uh, – not a pretty good game, but just a decent game without uh, A.J. Green. 211 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Michael Thomas today, four catches for 92 yards and a touchdown. He keeps it running. Antonio Gates, five catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. Easily his best game of the season, uh, but only a second-figure double-figure performance. Uh, only only 13.1% of leagues. I don't know if I'd run out and pick him up based on this. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, uh, this is a tough one. I mean, which look, one? Yeah, or no. Yeah. It's, well, I, I don't know. It goes back and forth. It, I, I'd love to say heck no, but he's got so much history. If all of a sudden rivers thinks he can start throwing to him again, he made a couple of nice catches today. If Rivers starts to gain any confidence in him, look, it's not like there's, there's a ton of tight ends out there you can consistently count on anyway. If you're riding one of these guys like U Uzuma or somebody like that uh, that's been doing nothing, why not take a flyer on Gates? Uh, Peyton Bob, I, I wouldn't do it because he has, he has it. Well, I'm, I cut Uzuma last week. Uh, it's probably my in-season ranks on RotoExperts.com. I'm still going to find at least 20 guys I like better than Gates. Oh, I'm not saying he's a guaranteed pickup and go crazy, but I might just give him a shot, put him on my bench, and see if this is a, a one-week thing or not. That's all. All right, fair enough. Uh, okay. Uh, 
Peyton Barber today with his best game of the season, 105, 106 rushing yards and a touchdown. It was just his second touchdown run of the season. Uh, owned at 64.4% of leagues. Uh, added 1.5% of leagues last week. But, uh, you know, before the, this past week, uh, he had he hadn't cracked the eight-point barrier in two consecutive games. He's very inconsistent. Uh, in his last six games, three double-figure performances and three performances below eight points. Hey, the Giants are, are are a cure for every every ill out there. And once again, you know, Barber was it. The, Barber was running right up the middle, right at the spot where Dax Harrison would have been before this. Um, and just running with glee right up through that hole pretty much all game uh, against this defense. It, uh, don't get me started, these freaking nuts. Well, what about Barber, though? Giants. He's got San Francisco, <laughs> then Carolina. Then New Orleans, you know, I have yeah, I, I, I one league that yeah. we play in together, and I can't bring myself to start him any week. I can't, I can't check yeah. start unless I'm absolutely desperate. I totally 100% agree. I don't think he's a start player either. Uh, he's going to come out of the woodwork every once in a blue moon. And he, he's like Isaiah Crowell. He's going to go out and have a good game once every six, seven weeks, and the rest of the time he's going to do nothing. Yeah. I think he's actually a little bit more consistent than Isaiah Crowell, actually. <laughs> a little bit, but not enough to really warrant a start. No. Odell Beckham Jr., four catches for 74 yards and a touchdown. Juju Smith-Schuster, eight catches for 104 yards. Alvin Kamara today, 71 uh, rushing yards and a 37-yard touchdown catch late when uh, the Saints were piling it on. Eli Manning today, man. Wait 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 wait, get... wait 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 before before you go yeah. on to Eli that that you you alluded to that Kamara catch but man how rough is this that that throw when they were up by thirty eight you know, to seven freaking, yeah how many freaking scores fourth and seven they decide to go for it and they throw that Kamara touchdown on fourth and seven up by thirty freaking points oh man how how it's like. Just stuff the opponent's face in the ground and say, ha, you dead. Go to die. <laughs> Just, yeah. I, I, love I loved it because I have Kamara. Yeah. I didn't have a touchdown at that point. No, no, I love it too. I love when teams do that. You know what? If you want to stop me from scoring on you, then stop me. If you can't stop me, I'm going to keep scoring. That's one of the things I love about Belichick. He'll just keep running up to score, and I love to see teams do that. If you want to stop me, then damn it, stop me. If you can't stop me, then shut up. Yeah, I love dynasty leagues, and I'll tell you why. Last year, I'm in the second year of a dynasty league, and last year, when Amari Cooper was coming off of a 200-yard game, uh, I traded Amari Cooper and Deion Lewis for Alvin Kamara and Doug Baldwin. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> yeah. Oh God, man, that, that, that's kind of tough. Yeah. <laughs> that was just before Kamara started to really bust out in his rookie year. Nice. Uh, here's an example about. You know, you just can't go crazy with a matchup. Some guys are just not uh, capable of exploiting a matchup in a big way. And I'm talking about Eli Manning with 232 passing yards and two touchdowns. Of course, it wasn't a terrible game at all. But Eli gave you 17 points today. Eli has no upside, even in a friendly matchup. Uh, you know, that's why I had him ranked like 18th this week. 
And it worked out perfectly for you. Um, you know, I, I think he finished up maybe a tad higher than that, but not, nothing big. And, you know, it, this was the Barkley game. This, this, you know, Barkley saw the most carries he's seen all year with 27. Uh, you know, and after last week's 20, first two weeks of the season where he's seen more than 20 carries, this was him. They wanted him on the on the, the field and, and running the ball as much as they could. And, you know, it just – Hey, Eli, you can't really say much about Eli. He was 17 for 18 for that 231. He only had one incompletion the entire game. Uh, he played a good game. He was throwing the ball good, although he did underthrow a couple of receivers that might have led to even bigger gains. But he played a good game, and he did what he had to do to win. Yeah, well, that a good game for Eli, though, is not necessarily you know an explosive fantasy game is my point. And I agree. I've never argued that fact yeah. at all. No, I didn't say you argued it. I'm just clarifying. Okay. <laughs> I am not a big Adrian Peterson. Fan. There's one guy every week that on Fantasy Sports Today where uh, Jim Day always says to me, oh, why did you rank that guy that, that high? I don't, I don't understand. You know, I just want you to explain it to me. Not that I'm disrespecting you or nothing. Uh, and this week it was Adrian Peterson who still rushed for two touchdowns. Uh, you know, two great runs off the corner. Uh but with Colt McCoy quarterback, we'll have to see how often he gets into scoring position. But, uh, you know, impressive day for Peterson, his second two-touchdown game of the year, although he has – and he has six this year. Yeah, no, I can't say anything about it. Uh, Peterson, I, I didn't expect a big game. He, he didn't have a big yardage game, but two touchdown runs. Like you said, the, the second one was a real nice run. Uh, you know, it's always possible. It's always hard to, to make that call when you don't think they're going to get a lot of yardage, but you got guys like this that get that, that chance to score. Sometimes they will, sometimes they won't, and catch you off guard. I didn't expect it this week. I'll be the first one to admit it. I was telling people to sit him, and he proved me wrong. It's just the way it works. Christian McCaffrey uh, had a streak of three consecutive games with a touchdown after just one in his first six, but today – uh, he did not get in the end zone at all. He did have 110 yards from scrimmage and six catches, but you, know, you can't count on McCaffrey consistently for touchdown production as we see, but uh, there's a really nice floor there every week. Oh, yeah, absolutely, and, that, and that's what you got to love about McCaffrey is because it, it, he's also a really solid pass catching back. I mean, he's got 60 receptions so far in the season, almost 500 yards through the air. Um, and he's got just as many receiving touchdowns as he has rushing touchdowns. So, you know, hey, look, he's going to be that solid guy who gets total yards from scrimmage, and he's going to put up enough touchdowns where he's always going to be an RB1. Coming up next, the Arizona Cardinals on the Fantasy Football Rewind. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Rewind.
back on the Fantasy Football Rewind. Thanks for hanging with us as we recap Week 11 and look ahead to Week 12 and beyond. Scott Engel and Jim Day, Kate and the Fantasy Taz, and the Cardinals losing to the Oakland Raiders at home on the last second field goal. Christian Kirk today, three catches for 77 yards and a touchdown. He has now scored three times in his past six games. Uh, bouncing back after a two-game stretch in which he had five catches for 50 yards. And it was nice that uh, the 59-yard catch that he had today was a real nice catch by him. Uh, just went up and got that ball and, and pulled it in. That was that was good to see. Look, he, he's a good young receiver, and he's only going to get better in this league, especially as Josh Rosen gets better. Uh, you know, I, I think it's a really nice combination for Arizona moving forward. But he's going to be, again, we talked about it earlier, Rookie wide receivers tend to be inconsistent, and that's what we're seeing with Christian Kirk. Yeah, nice 59-yard uh, reception on which he did most of the work on a flat pass and just you know, took it to the end zone. Uh, also, David Johnson today, 137 yards rushing, 17-yard receiving, has been much better since Byron Leffridge has been installed. Larry Fitzgerald. Only two catches for 23 yards, but both were touchdowns, and he's now scored four times in his past four games. Yeah, um, I, I hate when a guy gets two catches and both of them are touchdowns, but since it's Larry Fitzgerald and Not he's if you on a lot of my teams, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Since it's Larry Fitzgerald and he's on a lot of my teams, I'll take it uh, any day and twice on Sunday. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I don't care. He, two touchdowns nice to see, but – Still, it's so hard to – how can you just get Larry Fitzgerald four targets in a game? I'm sorry, that's just ridiculous. Uh, five catches for 55 yards and a touchdown for Curtis Samuel. He's now scored two consecutive games, but it doesn't seem like there's any real yardage upside there. I don't feel like he's anything more than a wide receiver five at best in fantasy. Yeah, he, he's so hard to count on. He's a guy that pops up every once in a while and, you know, makes a couple catches and gets involved and, and then disappears again. Uh, again, another young wide receiver that may grow into a, a more steady role. It's just not there yet. All right. Josh Adams uh, looked like the lead back uh, today at a 21-yard touchdown run for the Eagles before they got blown out. It was their only score of the game. Seven catches for carries for 53 yards and a touchdown Three catches for 19 yards. Looking, he hurt his, hurt his foot at one point. But right now, he looks like he, even though he has more than, than nine carries in a game, uh, it was looking like he was trending to the point where he was going to be the regular guy if the Eagles stayed in the game. Yeah, unfortunately, the game script took him out of this game. Once they started falling behind, that you know, that's not where they're going to go with him. He's not really going to be involved much, and that's what we saw. But uh, definitely some nice runs out of him to start this game. Uh, and he looked solid doing it. Yeah, it's really going to come down to you know if this Eagles can, team can get themselves going and, and get this defensive you know healthy again to where they can start playing. I mean this this defense is decimated by injuries, but if they can start getting some of these guys back and getting healthy uh, and not get blown out so often, then I, I think Josh Adams would be a nice play. And it was good to see him finally get in the end zone. Lamar Jackson today, 150 passing yards with no touchdowns and one interception, but 117 rushing yards. 
Uh, this, this guy at times, you know, he looked like a sandlot or a high school quarterback yeah. <laughs> with the way that he was running the offense. Uh, you know, I think this is pretty much his floor, though, because if you get a touchdown or two out of him every week, you're getting a lot more than, say, the 15-plus points that you're getting. It'll be interesting to see if he starts next week in a week when you have Patrick Mahomes and Jared Goff out, he plays against the Raiders. So if if Flacco sits out another game, he becomes a very curious start next week. Well, he's definitely a curious start. There's no doubt about it. 27 carries is, is the most in the Super Bowl era from any quarterback. Uh, just <laughs> it, it definitely he was a guy that if he didn't see what he wanted right away, he just pulled it down and started running. Uh, and that's, you know, going to be hard to count on. Each a lot of design week. runs, too. Yeah. And a lot of design runs, but it's going to be hard for them to count on. He, he needs to get better as a passer in this league to have any, you know, chance of being a full-time starter going forward. But, you know, he, he's a nice gimmick quarterback right now. And, hey, you know, they got he got the win. <laughs> it really Well, they continue to give to. him the opportunity now, though, because, uh, you know, at four and six, well, they run the table. They're not out of it. But with one more loss, they're pretty much out of it. Flacco, you know, we don't know if he's going to be back next week or not. No, and I agree. And whether or not they're even going to give him the chance at this point. Um, so we'll have to see how that works out. But, um, yeah, I don't know. He he did what we expected. We expected him to do a lot of damage on the ground, and that's exactly what he did. All right. Uh, moving right along, Adam Humphrey, three catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. Uh Pretty good uh, streaming wide receiver four type. Dak Prescott, disappointing day, to own 208 passing yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, and only four rushes for five yards. I think we expected more in a higher scoring game. We did expect more, although the one touchdown on the ground helped a little bit. I mean, uh, yeah, meh, but not what you were expecting. He was a high, high streamer this week. A lot of people expected him to put up decent numbers in this matchup against Atlanta and went out and you know, put him in. I'm sure he was in quite a few DFS lineups as well. And just did not present any kind of return on investment. Yeah, we were starting to get a little uh, more confident in Prescott, and uh, it just just didn't happen today. Uh, doesn't seem like like we could trust him at all. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins five catches for 56 yards and a touchdown today on a beautiful throw by Deshaun Watson to just put only where the receiver can get it. Joe Mixon, only 12 carries for 14 yards and three catches for 38 yards, but he did get in the end zone again. Uh, he does have three touchdown runs in his last three games, and he's got Cleveland and Denver coming up next. And we mentioned the Chargers. You know, we talked about Philip Lindsay. Uh, I think a big reason why he had the good day that he did is because, you know, Denzel Perryman, the best run defender, is pretty much done for the season. So there's three good games for Mixon coming up. And hopefully he could stay healthy for it and take advantage of that. But, uh, again, you know, the three catches and the touchdown gave him what you needed this week to get out of him, and that worked out for you. But it wasn't a great matchup. And, you know, as we saw, 12 carries for 14 yards, he wasn't really getting much done on the ground. Luckily, he got you over the, the, the one stripe that mattered, and that's the goal line. Marlon Mack with 16 carries for 61 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you just got enough and what and uh for Marlon Mack this week who bounced back from a very bad performance the previous week. Lamar Mar Miller twenty carries for eighty six yards and three catches for twenty two yards today, Jim. 
But picker game, then pretty much everybody considered. Yeah, you know, most people consider Miller done. I'm one of them. I, I'm not a big Miller enthusiast, and I, not like I would. Well, when you hang on the frequency like, frenzy every day, and you hear that he yeah, sucks. Well, yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> but even without that, I've never been a huge fan uh, uh, of Miller's, and you know. But a good good day for him uh, against Washington. You know. Uh, 86 yards rushing in. He got a couple of receptions, just enough to put you into double digits, get you what you need. If you had to start him, it worked out for you. All right, Matt Ryan with a very disappointing day. Uh, look, Dallas plays good defense, but you expected better than 291 passing yards. One touchdown, one interception. All of a sudden, you know, we were, three weeks ago we were hearing that, okay, you know, this team's turning the corner uh, week nine after they beat Washington in Washington Two consecutive duds for this team, and uh, the the worst performance since week one for Matt Ryan. But he does have New Orleans next week. Sure, if Ryan is is like he said. I mean, they were just looking like they were starting to turn the corner. He was starting to get it done. Is getting Julio involved in the end zone, and man, the last two weeks just two games they should have won. Well, okay, I know you don't like when people say that. Two games that they had the opportunity to win and didn't. Uh, just not a great thing for this team. And right now, they're, they are hard-pressed to try and make the playoffs where they sit. Uh, could just be another lost season for Atlanta. Yes, definitely. Uh, Kiki QT came back in five catches for 77 yards, and uh, Demarius Thomas was kind of quiet. Uh, QT with some nice catch and runs today. QT was a, a definitely more involved than I thought he was. Demarius Thomas not involved at all after they talked up, you know, how much they were going to get him involved in this game. It just didn't happen. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see enough of the game to see if it was him or them, uh, whether or not they had him in the game plan or not. I I couldn't tell yet. I haven't watched the whole game. Probably do that later on tonight. But, uh, you know, look, Kiki Kiki is, is, you know, a nice reception guy in PPR. You know, he's got a nice floor of getting you 10, 12 points on any given week. And the weeks he, he does get a chance to get in the end zone, of course, you're looking at a ver- very nice play from him. Okay, uh, moving right along. Uh, Jalen Rashard, 11 carries for 61 yards and three catches for 22 yards. You get 10 to 12 PPR points every week. It seems like uh, you can pretty much depend on it uh, from him every week. Uh, Jared Cook with three catches for 31 yards. And a touchdown, very, very inconsistent, but did get in the end zone. Vance McDonald, three for 27 and uh, one touchdown. He's only had really two good games all year long. Uh, Tevin Coleman, 58 rushing yards and 27 receiving yards, did not get in the end zone. He's been a big disappointment. Who hasn't really seized the opportunity with uh, with Devonta Freeman out like we hoped he would. Well, yeah, he's been very inconsistent. Yeah, and it's not like it, it's been because of Ito Smith taking over. It just hasn't happened. But he, he just he had the great game against Redskins where he had the, the two touchdown receptions. But outside of that, he, he's been so up and down. And, yeah, once again, it, like you said. More down he, than up. Hurt. Yeah, and he's hurting himself because this is his contract year. He's looking, you know, being a free agent at the end of the season and hoping somebody's going to pay him. But it's going to be hard for somebody to put up a lot of points for his inconsistency. Certainly. Uh, yeah, he's been he's been very disappointed. Had a f- two or three good runs today, but uh, it just really wasn't a major factor overall. 
Tyler Boyd, four catches for 71 yards. Uh, it wasn't a terrible performance. wasn't an outstanding performance today. But, uh, you know, maybe A.J. Green will be back next game. And, uh, you know, that'll be better for him. Brandon LaFell today uh, had to leave with an injury. Uh, two catches for 29 yards and a touchdown. Nothing to see there. Uh, James Conner with his uh, most disappointing day of the season. T- only 49 yards from scrimmage. Uh, e- easily his worst game of the year. Up there, easily his least amount of uh, usage as well. It's just 15 touches. Uh, again, they were playing from behind a, a lot in this game. And, you know, Roethlisberger wasn't on his game early, you know, turned it around late, but it was all on Ben at that point. You know, Connor wasn't really involved except for, you know, the short passes. Uh, it, it, just an aberration game. People don't overreact to James Conner having a bad game. Everybody does it from time to time. He'll bounce back next week and be fine. So don't go crazy this week and say, oh, man, what am I going to do about James Conner next week? Because he had such a bad game last week. Yeah, can't overreact to one game. Not every player blows up every week. By the way, his worst performance was in week four. So it was easily his second worst performance of the year. But he did catch six passes. So uh, you know, he did end up with 10 PPR points. So at least there's that. Uh, Cortland Sutton, three catches for 78 yards. Certainly not a bad day for 10 PPR points, which he's gotten two in the last three weeks. But people were so excited about his upside, and we really haven't seen any upside yet. No, we haven't. Uh, he did get six targets this week, but like I said, only the three receptions. Uh, 78 yards will take it. Some of this falls on Keenum. Some of this falls on Sutton. Uh, you know, he still has a limited route tree. still has a lot to learn in this league, and he's going to be inconsistent. Once again, we, we'll, we'll harp on it, but rookie wide receivers, very hard to count on. John Ross scored for the second consecutive game. Very impressive touchdown catch in which he uh, rested the ball away from the defensive back, but he's only had two catches for less than 40 yards in each of the last two weeks. Yeah, that's it. He's a, you know, he's as touchdown dependent as they come right now. Uh, if he doesn't score, he's not going to get you much. Not somebody you can count on, especially when it looks like AJ Green may be back next week. Uh, you know, pushes Ross back in into the deep depths of Nowhereville. So don't don't get too engrossed into the fact that he's got two touchdowns over the last two weeks. We saw Janu Smith with six catches for 44 yards. Not a spectacular day, but anytime you get 10 points from your tight end, you say, okay, I'll take it. And this was after he scored uh, in two consecutive weeks. Janu Smith uh, on the radar maybe now is a mid-range tight end too. Well, it really comes down to uh, whether Mariota's hurt or not. Uh, I think it, it helps if Mariota's you know, back in there next week or not. But, uh, you know, hey, uh, again, with tight ends, take whatever you can get and run with it. He, he's starting to come into play, and he's starting to get into the, the end zone. So you got to take some notice of it. There's no doubt about it. Deshaun Watson with kind of a disappointing day, 208 passing yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, and three rushes for seven yards. Uh, that that's uh, after the way he played weeks eight and nine, it was a real disappointment coming off the bye week. This was very disappointing. Uh, you know, Washington's defense has been down so much lately. I expected so much more from Watson. I mean, he got the win. They did what they had to do, but definitely a terrible day from a fantasy standpoint. A lot of people were expecting him to put up a lot better numbers. All right, you're listening to the Fantasy Football Rewind with Scott Engel and Jim Day recapping Week 11. 
looking ahead to week 12 and beyond. The fantasy playoffs are right around the corner. Uh, make sure you go to get rotoexperts.com. If you haven't yet, get your exclusive edge in-season fantasy football package. It is totally slapped, slashed down and, uh, at an all-time low in price for your fantasy playoff push. So make sure you go there so you can read my advanced scout tomorrow. Or on Monday, if you're listening on Monday, it'll be up later today. And uh, don't forget to listen to me every weekday at the Roto Experts in the morning. And, uh, of course, the Fantasy Taz is on the Fantasy Football Frenzy every weekday from 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern. Lots more disappointing performances coming up. We'll get into the not-so-pretty uh, part of the Fantasy Football Frenzy next. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, back here on the Fantasy Football Rewind. Scott Engel and Jim Day. Want to be the next uh, fantasy millionaire? Well, you got to try DailyRoto.com for free this Thanksgiving. That's right, free advice from fantasy millionaires, free daily fantasy projections, and free access to everything you need to dominate NFL DFS this Thanksgiving. Don't be a turkey. Head over to DailyRoto.com and order the promo code TG18 to access your five-day free trial. That's DailyRoto.com, promo code TG18. All right, let's run down some more of these disappointing performances. Uh, Golden Tate, we thought he might be more involved this week in a really good matchup, but only five catches for 48 yards. Uh, uh, It was just a case of, I don't know how much, uh, watching a lot of this game, though, it's just New Orleans defense had its way. Yes. Yes, they really did. There's, there's not much you can say about it. They, you know, New Orleans defense, while not you know great on the season, has definitely been playing better of late. And they did in this game. They had you know, Philadelphia was on its heels pretty much from the get go. Wentz was running for his life a lot of the time, and you know, it just when that happens, it rolls downhill. It was good to see that he got eight targets. You know, much better than what we saw last week, which basically nothing. So it was good to see that he got the eight targets. I do expect him to be much more involved going forward, but he's never going to be the number one option in this team. I mean, he, at, at best, he's usually going to be the, the third option behind behind Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz. And although we saw a very quiet Zach Ertz today as well. Yeah, I think there'll be games, though, where they, they go forward where, uh, you know, where, where Tate's going to get his uh, just slow going in the, in the early part of his Eagles uh, tenure. Uh, Greg oh, Olson, agree. only two, two, two catches for nine yards, but one of them was a touchdown, and he scored four times in his last five games. Yeah, but, man, <laughs> the, the touchdown came early, and then he didn't do much else all game long, and that, that's tough to see uh, in, in a game that, you know, they end up losing. Just you, 
I don't know. <laughs> it looks on paper like it should be a good game for him. Detroit has a hard time with tight ends, and he doesn't do much of anything. Got the one-yard touchdown. Luckily, that got you something, got you close. He'd probably still be a tight end one when all is said and done because, you know, eight points usually get you tight end one this year. Uh, but, man, not, not what you expected at all against this D- Detroit defense. Evan Ingram, two catches for 66 yards. I believe one of them was like a 55-yard catch and run. Uh, I think people were expecting more from Ingram this week, and he's no longer a tight end one. Uh, Just not getting enough targets. I mean, everything's being funneled through Beckham and Barkley, you know, as it should be. Two two great talents. They are as whiny as Beckham is. He's still a great talent. And, you know, you got to go through your great talents. Unfortunately, that pushes Ingram down, the, you know, the target list. And that's that's what we're going to see from now on. It's going to be very hard to count on him every week. Jack Doyle, four catches for 43 yards. But after a really good debut when he came back, well, a really good return when he came back three games ago, uh, he's had two uh, sub-eight-point performances, sub-nine-point performances in PPR in the last two weeks. Yeah, nothing last week. At least he got you a little something this week. But, uh, you know, crazy game. Of course, everybody, you know, back on with Ebron this week after three touchdowns last week. Ebron doesn't even get a target, although he did attempt a pass today. But he didn't get a target in in the passing game at all. And uh, there's no reasoning with this tight end situation in in Indianapolis, but luck is playing at such a high level. You still got to roll these guys out because they have such nice upside. Yeah. Well, B brought three touchdowns one week and none the following week. It's uh, he's not getting as many reps as Doyle. So uh, that's going to be a problem. Uh, also today, uh, we were expecting a good day for Theo Riddick uh, because he, he looked really good in the slot the last two weeks. But, uh, Total dud with his five catches for 30 yards after two consecutive double-figure performances. Yeah, really, we didn't see as much out of him. We saw you know, more out of Bruce Ellington in this game than we saw out of Riddick, and that's going to be a surprise. I think Ellington is a, a, another decent pickup, depending on how much longer Marvin Jones is going to be out. We should know more about that early this week. Yeah, I don't think Ellington's going to be a decent pickup at all. I think he's one of those guys, and, and he got hurt today where he just doesn't take advantage of an opportunity. Well, he's in a, a team that's probably going to have to throw a decent amount going forward. If Jones isn't out there, then they're going to be looking for that solid number two. And while everybody thought it was going to be Riddick today, it, it didn't turn out to be that way. Uh, I, you got Sometimes you just got to take a flyer and see what happens. Sometimes there's nobody viable to step up, though, and I think that's the case in Detroit. Uh, you know, Ellington got cut by Houston, got picked up on a flyer by them, hasn't really done anything. Uh, I, I wouldn't waste a spot on Bruce Ellington at all in your fantasy league, especially because you're never going to start down the stretch or in your playoffs unless you play in, like, a 30-team league. I mean, he got you 11 points today, fantasy-wise, if you ended up uh, – I'm not saying anybody did start him. But if you would have, he got you 11 fantasy points today, six receptions, you know, nine targets. Uh, I, I, I understand your hesitancy to want to throw him out there, but I, I also think that you can't just dismiss him like that either. They need somebody else besides Kenny Galladay on that field who's going to catch passes. And especially with on Johnson being hurt now, 
just may open the door a little bit more for Bruce Ellington. I'm not saying he's a guy that's going to go out there and get you, you know, 18, 20 fantasy points. But, you know, if he gets you 10, 11 every week, that's all you're looking for, you know, maybe a flex play, something like that. I think if he gets me 10 or 11, I think that's be a ceiling, and I'd be pleasantly surprised. Uh, Chris Godwin and Deshaun Jackson combined for seven catches for 88 yards, and uh, these guys tend to eat into each other, and so does Adam Humphreys. Even though you sometimes want a piece of this passing game, none of these guys are reliable. Yeah, it's very hard to, to count on which one is going to do it each and every week, and especially since we're playing uh, rotating chairs at the quarterback position. It's almost like this team should trot one quarterback out for the first half. If you don't do good, okay, let's switch. But do that every game. All right, uh, moving right along. No, you don't uh, like that well, idea? No, I'm fine with it. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Olshaw Jeffrey, uh you know, there was a lot of talk about him having a really good matchup today and then only four catches for 23 yards. Uh, very, very disappointing performance for Olshan Jeffrey, who has now gone below nine points in three consecutive games three in games, PPR. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't even know how to describe this. Again, like you said, against New Orleans, we all thought this you know, Eagles offense would be able to put the you know, air under the ball and put it up there and it just didn't happen uh new orleans as we talked about they got on top of them early and, and really just put a foot on top of uh philadelphia in this game big time once again it looks like you know super bowl champions just not not buying into the next season and and they're the latest in a long long line of teams that don't make it back to the playoffs yeah well, let's look at the last few two super bowl champions who haven't who hasn't made it back to the playoffs uh, I don't know. I have to go look, but there's a couple. So, eh, you know, maybe not over the last couple of years, but you know, over the last ten, twelve years, there's been a few that haven't made it back to the playoffs. Yeah, let's see. Uh, I think Denver failed to do it, right? Denver didn't do it. Yep, that's one. Yeah, I don't have the list in front of me. I, I mean, I could pull it up if you want. But I'm curious uh, to see it if you have it. Uh, I give me a I second. know the Seahawks weren't one of them, so. Uh, there's that. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty I'm, sure the I'm Giants done it a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, the Patriots for sure. Uh, Doug Martin today, 10 carries for 52 yards. Uh, do you even roster Doug Martin at this at this point? Because you know he's just so mediocre. And well, you know, right now, I, this, this, at this point I, in the season, I'll give you a chance to respond here. Okay. Uh, uh, at this point of the season, you don't want guys on your bench, really, who you feel like you never can use confidently. If I have, say, Todd no, Gurley, that's true. That's true. I want to have I want to have Malcolm Brown backing him up. If I have Kareem Hunt, I, I want to have Spencer Ware. I want the handcuffs because if one of those guys are going to go down, I don't want to start Doug Martin. I want to start Malcolm Brown. I want to start Rod Smith, you know, somebody like that. I want to start Gio Bernard. Uh, so right now I, th- I feel like guys like Doug Martin, are a waste of a roster space. I was talking about it with Bruce Ellington, but this is even more pronounced when you come to running backs. This is a guy that's going to give you five to six points every week. If you're in a game where you got to play, you know, for a playoff berth or you're in the playoffs, you don't want to start Doug Martin. Okay. And I'm not going to discount that at all. I mean, he hasn't done much, but he he has, over the last couple of weeks, he's running hard. 
He's running well, and he was off to a very good start today before he got hurt um, and got pulled, didn't didn't see him in at all in the second half. But he was averaging over five yards a carry in the first half, uh, 10 carries for 52 yards. I mean, not anything to be disgraced for if he got in a whole game and maybe we see 100 yards, maybe we even had a touchdown. He, he was running well. Now, of course, we have to deal with the injury and we have no clue. Uh, what's going to happen at this point. But, you know, he was – I'm not saying he was rosterable. I'm not saying he was fantasy-friendly friendly at all. But he was running well as a, an NFL running back over the last couple of weeks, just not putting up fantasy points. And now, of course – Well, I give, I give you that, but I'm talking about – and you already I, said I, I, I didn't I say he was fantasy-rosterable. I heard you say that. But, you know, let's even assume that, like, you know, he got 80 yards and a touchdown today – he hasn't scored a touchdown all year, and he's only well, he rushed wasn't running. <laughs> for, he, he has only rushed for over 65 yards once this year. He doesn't have a single touchdown run, uh, and the Raiders fall behind so much that he gets scripted out. There's not a guy that I want on my roster whatsoever. And again, I'm not going to argue that point. I, I, all I'm saying is he was running well. Is, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> okay. From an NFL I, standpoint, I don't see the he was running well. Big, all right, but but okay, I give you that. I know we're, it's we're a talking. fantasy show. I understand that. I'm just yeah. trying to throw a different thought in the process. I know you. You <laughs> always try to. You you always try to talk pot. You know what? Though? You're such a nice guy. It's like you, you got to you got to get this just John Gruden in you. And, and Gruden used to he not not as pronounced because Gruden used to sicken me. You know, just like yeah. every guy who sucks, he like talks up. It's like you find reasons to talk up guys like Marcus Mariota and Doug Martin. You'd make a heck of an agent. <laughs> Look, right. it, Austin, that, he, he was looking good. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all right. I guess, I guess to you, maybe you know his, his sister or something. Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, actually. Austin, go ahead. No, no. That's, that was a joke. Well, actually. Austin Hooper, just when it started to seem like maybe we could count on him for something, uh, quiet game he's done to us before, uh, only four catches for 27 yards. Uh, but, uh, again, this Atlanta offense was, was really back. But I, I'm with you. Every time you, you start to get that hook in that, oh, man, Cooper's playing good. We can finally start counting on him every single time he comes crashing back down to earth. No doubt about it. And, but it's, you know, out, look, I, we can't even say outside of the top tight ends because they've even had their killer games this, this year, including Ertz today. Um, I finally decide to play, pay up in, in you know one of my DFS games today. I finally, I, I don't normally ever pay up at tight end. I normally always try to find a bargain. Today I decided I'm finally going to pay up in one of my one of my games. I'm going to get hurt. I, I want that points uh, from him, and he does nothing. <laughs> yeah, but not every player blows up every week. Uh, but Calvin Ridley hasn't really done it since since week one, since week four. He has one touchdown in his last six games, only three catches for 22 games. Calvin Ridley's getting to the point where people are going to consider releasing him. Uh, and they might very well, <laughs> especially now that Julio's uh, scoring touchdowns. You know, he, he got off to that great start with those six early touchdowns. Everybody bought into it. 
defenses started paying attention to him. And, you know, he's gone by the wayside. Again, rookie wide receivers it seems to be the theme of this show. Very hard to count on. Very Always been that way, folks. Not just this year. Always been that way. Very few rookie wide receivers have ever been wide receivers you can count on for week to week. And Ridley is showing that he is indeed, you know, lower on this pecking order than you would like. Over the last two weeks, Amari Cooper was putting up pretty good numbers, double-figure performances. I was actually saying that in my advanced scout column uh, that I do every Monday on rotoexperts.com, he's actually starting to look reliable. I should have known better. Three catches for 36 yards today. Good uh, old Amari. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he is a guy that I've always found tough to uh, to have any kind of faith in. Um, you know, my, my big thing early in the season and – you know, I'm pretty much going to stick by it. He's a guy who shows up 40% of the time. Uh, if you look at his history, 60% of his games, he doesn't even finish as a wide receiver to 40% of his games. He does. And that's basically exactly what we're seeing this, this year. He's not, not somebody you can count on. Um, you know, he, he had 18 targets the last two games before today, which was nice. He averaged nine targets a game. You love to see that. But then, of course, today, they, you know, in a game against the Falcons, when you expect them to put up big numbers, Dak doesn't. And we see him get five targets in this one. So, uh, again, it, it, uh, <laughs> it's just hard to count on. Luckily, Devin I don't Funches. own him a lot, so I'm okay with that. Devin Funches now has four consecutive single-figure games. All three of them have been below seven fantasy points. Two catches for 39 yards. He's owning 85.7% of, of leagues right now. Uh, he's got Seattle and Tampa Bay and Cleveland and New Orleans coming up and Atlanta to fill out his schedule. But is Devin Funches, is it time to cut him? Because... It doesn't look like you're going to start him with any confidence. And that's our criteria right now. Should you keep a guy on your roster? Well, you're going to be confident in starting him because of an injury or anything else, any other reason. Uh, and with Devin Funches, you, you can't start him with any confidence. And I totally agree. Funches is a guy I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, I, I think is a, a guy you can get rid of. He He's not being consistently looked at. Uh, with Olsen on the field now, he's falling down. And now with DJ Moore playing even better, that's probably going to hurt him even more. Look, so, some weeks they even get McCaffrey so involved in the passing game. It, it's so hard to count on Funches at this point. And with four games in a row of under 10 fantasy points, uh, I just he, I, I can't roster him at this point. I'd much rather take the, the chance on somebody like a Josh Reynolds blowing up. Yeah. All right. Rest it away, Bruce Ellington or uh, or Devin Funches. <laughs> hey, heck, heck I'll, I'll take the shot on Ellington. He got involved today, and uh, what the heck? At this point, I'm not going to ro- roster Funches. I might as well take a shot on somebody else. Yeah, I couldn't. I don't want either one of them. Well, you didn't give me that option. You said either or. Uh, I wanted a choice from you, but I don't want to. Personally, I don't want either <laughs> one of them. All right, coming up next. Here on Fantasy Football Rewind. Is this the new Amari Cooper? We'll tell you who it is. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, 
or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Back here on Fantasy Football Rewind. Scott Engel and Jim Day, reviewing week 11, getting you ready for week 12 and beyond. Also, we were talking about the Titans on Fantasy Football today. We were talking about Corey Davis and how we thought we had a kid, a good matchup. And I was saying about Corey Davis, he's one of those guys where he is like a rookie. Well, he was injured for much of his rookie year. He'll have a big game and then for the next three weeks. You won't hear nothing from him. And you th- he had a big game week week uh, week four, and then he didn't do much of anything for week five, week eight. After his performance against New England in week ten, all of a sudden there was a lot of Corey Davis love, and again he disappointed. Two catches for thirty yards. Is this guy the new Amari Cooper? It's sure looking like that. Look, um, it's hard to put it all on his plate when he was only targeted twice. Uh, it's just, wow, this offense just wasn't there. Mariota was playing like crap uh, until he got hurt, and then Gabbert came in, and he's just Gabbert. He's going to do what he's going to do. Uh, at, at this point, eh, you're right. He's not somebody you can trust uh, again. So l- let me ask you the, the hard question. Is he somebody you want on your roster for the, the rest of the season, or are you saying cut him now? I'll put him on, I'll put him on my bench. Because if somebody gets injured uh, and I have to desperately fish for someone, I'll say, look, there's some upside with Davis at least. Uh, If I have to put him in as my number three wide receiver, I'll do it. Fair enough. I feel the same way. Or as a flex. Uh, I I couldn't do that with, say, Bruce Ellington or whoever else we just discussed. I already forgot. How about Maurice Harris? No. (laughs) <laughs> he got shut down today. Uh, yes, Deion Lewis, uh, somebody else he can't trust. There's 32 yards from scrimmage. All this Deion Lewis love uh, over the last three weeks. But after two consecutive 20-point performances, he has now scored uh, 13 points in PPR in his last two weeks. Uh, he's killing people. He really is. <laughs> he's such a good running back, too. I mean, he's so explosive. He's got so many good things in him that, you know, I'd love to see him touch the ball more and get more chances. It's just, it, it didn't work out for him in this game. And uh, again, when, when the quarterback's not playing well, it radiates right through the team. And that's what we saw again with Lewis. Uh, and he's another guy. He's very hard to trust. I have a theory, Jim. Go for if it. If you I'd really want to win your fantasy football championship, if you really want to make a deep playoff run, don't go to Tennessee for any fantasy starters. <laughs> really? <laughs> you can't rely on any of them. 
none of them. <laughs> it's Corey Davis, Dion Lewis. Don't get excited by Janu Smith, Marcus Mariota. If you want to win your fantasy league, you avoid Tennessee. That's my theory. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Can't argue the facts. No, it's it's true. I mean, we know not to not to go to Miami for fantasy success, but I think you can make that case with Tennessee because just when you start counting on the dice, it's, it's even it's even more frustrating in that regard because. When the Miami guys disappoint you, you expect it, but you start putting faith in the Tennessee guys, and then they blow you up. Well, especially when they put together such a great game plan like last week and go in and beat New England. You know, they, they looked w- well in all facets of the game and, and truly had that game from start to finish last week. Uh, you know, they just look like such a good team. And, you know, th- this is – that that's what the Giants do to me every season. They they have so much talent that one game they look like they could be indestructible, and then the next five games they look terrible. Still speaking about terrible, the most surprising and shocking performance of the week, with that Jim already alluded to, was Zach Ertz with two catches for 15 yards. Boy, they really showed you what, what type of defense the Saints played today. This was easily his worst game of the season. What do you do now? Do you cut Zach Ertz? <laughs> do I cut Zach? <laughs> uh, sure, absolutely. Let's cut cut the, the best tight end in the game right now, Zach Ertz. Um, uh, again, just just a total shutdown game. New Orleans just came to play and, and just, just shut Philly down. Didn't even give Philly a chance in this one. And every time Ertz was on the field, uh, running routes that New Orleans seemed to have two guys around him pretty much every single time. Good news, Ertz gets the Giants next week. Yes, that'll be another. That'll be a good comeback game for Ertz. <laughs> you know, what's interesting though is that you know there's always a panicky owner in the league that won't necessarily look at the track record and will just panic on what happened last week. You should uh, you should take it with the with the Zach Ertz owner in your league, and you know maybe see if you can make some sort of trade there. Well, there you go. But just think about it. Uh, you know how crazy is this? If the Giants actually beat Philadelphia next week, they'll have the same record. Well, same number of wins. I'm sorry, same number of wins. Yeah. The Giants might get a three-game winning streak together, Jim. Yeah, hey. No, you, you don't want to see that. I really don't want to see that. Don't, no, stop. There were a lot of Giant fans there today that were very happy with the victory, though. Uh, the Giants were actually, like, uh, encouraging people to come out even though the game didn't mean anything. Ah, uh, you know what? It, it, it's something nice about seeing the, the game live. There's no doubt about it. Always a nice, nice thing to do, and you know, a fun Sunday afternoon. If you want to wait online to go to the bathroom for an, half an hour, or if you you want to pay 13 bucks for a warm beer or 12 bucks for a bad hot dog, then that's absolutely the thing you should do. Capri Bibbs was a guy that I cut in four leagues this week, and he was picked up at all four. And I said, I don't know why. You know, this guy's been doing nothing with the touches. Uh, even though Chris Thompson is out, he really hasn't done anything. And then today, two catches for six yards. So 
uh, you know, stay away from Capri Bibbs. You know, I got a good laugh out of the people that picked him up in my leagues. Maurice Harris, as you alluded to, only one catch for 13 yards today. Uh, and we don't know what kind of role he's going to have going forward with Colt McCoy at quarterback. Yeah, at this point, you want to talk about offenses. Uh, I want to stay away from it. And Adrian Peterson being the only obvious choice outside of that. There's not really much on that team I want to touch. Uh, Dante Moncrief, I was liking this guy coming into this week. In four of his past six games, he had double-figure PPR performances, but then he laid a stinker, uh, one for 11. Maybe I'm wrong on Moncrief. He's just too inconsistent to rely on. All of the Jacksonville wide receivers have been too inconsistent, although he has been the, you can't see it, but I'm putting air quotes, the most consistent uh, for Jacksonville. None of these guys have been consistent at all. So, again, every time you play a Jacksonville wide receiver, you're, you're taking, you know, the chance that he gets you absolutely nothing, which is what we're seeing here. And uh, you want to talk about guys that I have a hard time rostering, it's any Jacksonville wide receiver. Speaking of not rostering wide receivers, Michael Crabtree, uh, one catch for seven <laughs> yards. And, uh, and uh, it was his worst performance of the year coming off of two, two uh, six-point performances. Uh, can we cut Michael Crabtree? Oh, yeah, you should have done it a couple of weeks ago, but now definitely with Lamar Jackson. He's not going to throw the ball enough to, to warrant any any of these guys having real value. Uh, you know, the, he might throw an occasional touchdown here or there, but, again, I, I think he's going to do most of his damage on the ground. Just when we th- we're hearing some more buzz about Ricky Seals-Jones being more positively utilized <laughs> in the Arizona offense, one catch for five yards. Uh, Ricky Seals Jones was added in 15.9% of leagues this past, uh, this past week, uh, especially with George Kittle on a bye. But, uh, Seals Jones, who some people had tabbed as a sleeper, myself included, uh, we certainly turned out to be wrong about that. So you just got to go ahead and cut him. Yeah, it was looking like they were trending upward and, uh, you know, against this Oakland defense, which everybody thought it. You know, canned in the season, and they were done. And you know, stemming from that San Francisco game, even though they played a little better last week, and still got the loss. But today they come in, and you know, even though it's Arizona, in Arizona they ended up winning a game that nobody thought they would win, and you know, played a good, good game for the most part. And this, you know, just again, just a hard tight end position to count on this year. Just can't do it. Uh, Kittle has been probably one of the most consistent outside of Ertz and, and uh, Kelsey, but outside of that, once you get outside of those guys, it's hit or miss any, in any given week. wanted to save this for late in the show because it's so painful. Probably the worst performance of uh, fantasy week 11 based on expectations. And proof that no matter what the matchup is, that things sometimes go awry. Nobody expected Carson Wentz to perform as horribly as he did today. 156 passing yards, no touchdowns, three interceptions. In ESPN standard scoring, Carson Wentz, who is ranked number four by me in my weekly lineup rankings in a consensus top four guy across the industry, 0.8 points today. 
But he has uh, the Giants yeah. coming up next week. And like I said earlier, all Giants cure all ills. Um, but, uh, man, against New Orleans, like I said, it just looked like a prime matchup. Uh, they, you know, New Orleans has been good against the run all year, not so much against the pass. We expected Philly to be able to put the ball in the air. And, man, they just got after Wentz early and often. And they, they just put him on his heels, and he just never seemed to recover. Um, New Orleans is just playing very good football right now. And hoping I'm using this term correct, correctly, but they're playing lights-out defense too. That's very good. You can't play lights-out ah, offense. But you could certainly play lights out defense. There you go. Good. Yeah. Good. I, 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 I passed the test. Yeah. Passed the test. I hear other people saying, <laughs> uh, you know, right now, uh, Drew Brees is playing lights out. I'm like, is he playing middle linebacker? <laughs> Can't be lights out means you're shutting somebody else down. That's you're what it very means. picky with it. your words. <laughs> well, you know, I'm the, I'm the managing editor for all our websites. So I have to be. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. That's why uh, I was the one, that's one of the ones that started this thing, as uh, Corey Parson would say. But he would say that's why they brought me here. Why? While I say, uh, yeah, that's one of the reasons I was here when this thing started. Uh, let's start looking ahead to week 12, shall we, uh, since we have a few minutes left. Uh, yeah, we, we have the Thanksgiving games. We'll be doing morning programming on uh, the Fantasy Sports Network. And uh, and uh, the Bears and the Lions will uh, kick it off. Obviously, the Lions will be a terrific streamer. Uh, I'm not going to be playing Bruce Ellington. I'm sorry, Jim. Uh, <laughs> then we have Washington versus Dallas. Uh, we might have two low-scoring games to start today. Well, right right now the the, the early points are are the the early, early spreads are Chicago minus three against Detroit with a 44 and a half over under. And then Dallas, Dallas minus nine. Is that possible? Minus eight, maybe, uh, depending on the book. And uh, 40 and a well, half. Well, they're, they're, they're projecting that Colt McCoy will be a quarterback. That's a solid point. Yes. Okay, right, right. That yeah. Makes much more the sense. Dallas right. defense okay. will probably be a popular yes. stream. Yeah, good point. Uh, yeah, I didn't, wasn't thinking that through. But then uh, uh, also for that that day, we also have Atlanta and New Orleans, uh, the the Thanksgiving night game. That should be a really fun game. And they have that at 59 and a half over under and New Orleans minus 12 and a half. Well, can Atlanta really, uh, you know, put throw the ball all over the yard? I know where the New Orleans rates, but after they the way they stopped the Eagles this week, uh, you have to start to wonder. But you figure Atlanta can, can you know, will bounce back offensively because uh, in a divisional game, I think, you know, they know New Orleans' tendencies on defense a little bit better than, say, uh, you know, Dallas does. Yeah, but they're still not giving Atlanta any love here with, you know, 12-and-a-half-point uh, underdogs, e even in New Orleans. Uh, look, it's very hard to have any kind of – I'd expect them to win, but point. I'm just saying there oh, should yeah, be some pretty good fantasy yeah, production. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. And Vegas agrees with you, 59 and – uh, over-under is a very solid high number. You don't see them too often, so I agree with you. And it'll, there'll be a lot of points on the board. Browns and Bengals uh, should be a good game for Nick Chubb there. Uh, Jeremy Mayfield is a streamer maybe if you have uh, Jared Goff or Patrick Mahomes off. The uh, 49ers and the Buccaneers uh, would seem like a good matchup for Tampa Bay, but you can't 
you can't assume anything with that offense. Uh, the Jaguars in Buffalo. What do you think of Buffalo as a defensive stream next week? Oh, I, I like Buffalo as a defensive stream most every week. Um, they are a very solid defense, and Jacksonville definitely makes mistakes. Uh, I take advantage of that, especially at home in Buffalo. Right now, Vegas has them at a very low over-under of 38, uh, with Jacksonville being uh, three-and-a-half-point uh, road favorites. Uh, but I like Buffalo defense in that game, absolutely, in what should be a fairly low-scoring game. Raiders and the Ravens, obviously people are going to want to have hold of the Baltimore off. Off, uh, defense, and if Lamar Jackson start again, it's, it's a really good matchup for him. But we'll have to see. Uh, you know, will this be another Gus Edwards game? The Seahawks and the Panthers. That that's going to be a very interesting one in terms of the NFC playoff picture as as well. And uh, these teams have something of a of a history between them. What are you going to be looking for fantasy wise in Seattle, Carolina? Well, I, I like a, a lot of this uh, again. Forty seven over under Vegas. Uh, you know. Decent scoring game. Carolina, three-and-a-half-point favorites. I, I expect, you know, from Seattle, we're going to see a lot more Baldwin. He looks healthy again, starting to play very well. Uh, Wilson's going to put up good numbers, but I also think Carolina will have a, a good play in this as well. I, I like uh, McCaffrey in this. I think Seattle will have their hands full trying to stop him. Yeah, I think Chris Carson uh, also a good play. The Patriots and the Jets as well. Uh, the Giants and the Eagles. The Cardinals and the Chargers should be another good game for David Johnson. The Dolphins and the Colts Colts be looking for a good game for Marlon Mack there. Uh, the Steelers and the Broncos, uh, I guess uh, when they made the schedule, it looks, looked a little bit better than it might turn out. Uh, should be a rebound game for James Conner. And then the, uh, the Packers and the Vikings on Sunday night football. And the Titans and the Texans uh, will be the Monday night game next week, Jim. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, hopefully, sounds terrible now, but if, if Mariota's playing, hopefully it's a little better. Without Mariota, I, I think that's going to be a very lopsided game. Yeah, there are a lot of mismatches, it seems, next week. Outside of of, of Seattle and Carolina, there's, there's not a, a lot, really any games that really jump off the page at me. Except for Falcons uh, and Saints. Well, I don't even like that one that much. Jim, uh, thanks a lot as always. could be a good game. Could be, but Green Bay's overrated at this point. So, so is Minnesota. All right, thanks for listening to the Fantasy Football Rewind. We'll see you in Week 12. Have a great holiday season.